Are we not the bestest of friends already? Only in media. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the only podcast that has signed to play goaltender for the Dallas Stars this coming season. Um, it's it's going to be interesting. We don't have a ton of experience, but I think that there are going to be a lot of people in that crease to help us learn and help us grow. So we're going to see what happens. And of course, it's not just me, right? I'm going to be joined by by Tyler to do a little bit of a little bit of puck stopping. How are you, buddy? I'm good. Do you think two of us could measure to in the net together could measure up to an actual NHL goaltender? I mean, if you duct taped us together and took measure literally, then yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> we're we're probably about the size of Ben Bishop if you if you, you know, attach us physically and, and just kind of leave us there. It's like the, it's like the whole uh will sumo wrestler be able to be a good NHL goalie type thing, except it's, it's just two guys duct taped together. <laughs> Well, it, it's funny, too, because as a, a young fan, you know, growing up as a kiddo, when I first started watching when Dallas moved moved down from Minnesota, like that was kind of my perception. And it completely like I remember the first time that I saw Dominic Hasek without his gear on. And it was one of those moments where like my worldview exploded because, like, wait a minute, the goalie is like the smallest, wiriest guy on the team. Definitely these days when you get big goalies like Ben Bishop, it's kind of weird to think, oh, that's still kind of like abnormal compared to hockey history and stuff like that. But it is important for us to, just because we made the joke, just full disclaimer, goaltending pads are exclusively for the purpose of protection. There is no nothing else going on, everything. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Oh, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> oh man well as mentioned during the build-up we're, we're gonna we're gonna stick in the crease today we're gonna talk about dallas's goaltending conundrum i think is is the way way to go and we'll we'll take a look at that positional group continuing our trend over the summer and see what the heck is going to happen this year in the crease for the stars because you know there's there's a lot going on back there and really it's it's been such a position of strength for the stars for from recent memory, but it's also been kind of this, you know, surprising catastrophe at the same time. And then seasons just kind of keeping up on the tradition. So we're going to start broad, uh, going to bring, bring this thing, you know, kind of get our, get our verbal and mental stretching going. And I'm just going to start with a simple question. Who, who is the starting goaltender opening, opening night? I mean, I think it has to be Anton Hudobin. Like I think, Assuming, I mean, I, I don't expect Bishop to be back. Has Stars to be, aren't expecting uh, Bishop <laughs> to be back anytime soon, if he's back at all. I mean, that's a whole different can of worms. But I think if you're thinking about, he's the person who, I mean, he's been uh, steady in the crease. He's been the Stars for a while. You know that his spot is on the rosters guaranteed, barring a trade. Uh, if he is still in the Dallas Stars organization, then he is going to be on the NHL roster and he's going to be a person who takes up, you know, roughly half the game. So, I mean, to me, I would pencil him right away without uh, much issue. Yeah. And, and there's a lot there. And, and I think I'm, I'm inclined to agree with you. I, I think that Hudobin definitely has the inside track to be the, um, to be the starter for the, for the Dallas stars this season. There's, you know, he's, he's got that history as one B 
and he's he had the playoff run and and all of these many reasons kind of combining and, and i agree with you if i had to to bet um and i'm not a vander kane so i won't um i would definitely put money on hudobin being the guy <laughs> now that's a good one <laughs> you know got to got to take some throw some strays at an old division rival so with that said, let's let's for the moment agree that that Hudobin's going to be the starter. Who's going to be his backup? Oh, that's uh... And I, I secretly <laughs> think that that's actually a much easier question than the first one I asked. And I'll get it. I'll get into that a moment after you answer. But my my spoiler hint is that I think that's a much more straightforward question. See, it is, it's funny because I'm, for me, it's uh, actually the uh, the opposite. So again, I'm going off the assumption. That uh, Bishop is is not going to be healthy, at least not to start the season. And so for me, not that I agree with it by any means, but I would default to the fact that they signed Brayden Holtby in free agency. You, you don't sign a goaltender uh, like you don't make that signing unless you expect him to be in the NHL, uh, even at like two million or whatever, uh, whatever his uh, AAB is. So that's what I would expect to be the uh, backup opening night. So then, um, KT, let's go ahead and mark the tape. Uh, we have Tyler officially endorsing uh, Braden Holtby over Jake Ottinger. Let the, let, the record, let the record show that Wes is a liar. <laughs> Listen, we'll, we'll, we'll fix it in post. It's fine. No, see, this is I, – I disagree with, with – sorry, I take that back. I agree with you um, in that it will be Braden Holtby. And the reason that I think that it's very straightforward is – Honestly, a lot of the same reason. So you know, you're hearing a lot of. I think it's more straightforward than the backup, and and that reason is, you know, you take Dallas's history, first off, of favoring veterans and and the the coaching staff and blah blah blah. So it seems like Hudobin sort of fits the he fits the mold of the kind of guy that this team has historically leaned on, right? And then you add in the comments that they've made in the build of the season. We covered these a couple podcasts ago talking about how the important thing is to get Ottinger starts, right? To have him be the guy. And they don't really care if he's the guy in the NHL or the AHL, but they want him to be the guy somewhere. And then mentioning, you know, there's been some talk as well about they're bringing him to camp and he can earn the spot and yada, yada, yada. So I do actually think that there is a non-zero amount of tension for the starting role. Because I, I think that there is a world in which Jake Ottinger comes into training camp, and if he continue, if if he is the high end of the guy he was last season, and Hudobin is, you know, the guy that he was last season, I think if you're the Dallas Stars, you actually do have a very difficult decision to make if those performance trends hold. Now, if, if Hudobin bounces back, if the gap is closer, right? If Ottinger is a little bit more, if, if you're not seeing the consistency, you, you can have a, a number of conversations about how that might not occur. But but if he comes back looking like he's ready, then I think the Dallas Stars are inclined to keep him. And if they keep him, he'll be the starter, right? So I think it's one of those cases where if, if Ottinger is ready, he'll be the starter. Therefore, he'll get you know the opening night, right? If he's not ready, he's going to be in the A, which is why that backup spot to me is much clearer, right? It's either it's either going to be um it's it's going to be Brayden Holtby or it's going to be, you know, Anton Hudobin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think you're right because it's definitely I, I do think context is important in the fact that Jay Gondrew playing in the NHL last season regardless of how he did that was uh 
right or wrong, never the star's intention. They didn't expect him. When you look back to when they um, when they drafted Andrew and then they went out and got Hudobin for a couple of years, and then they went ahead and they uh, signed, re-signed Hudobin um, in free agency, there was a very clear path they kind of had laid out for him where it was going to be okay. Once Bishop hits his twilight, uh, the final years of his contract, you know, maybe like two years out, then we're going to kind of bring in Ottinger and he's going to be the uh, the backup. And then maybe the Bishop's final year will be more like of a 1A, 1B, and then they'll kind of transition to them. You know, similar to what Tampa Bay did with Bishop and uh, Vasilevsky. And so... I, I mean that's the NHL playbook, right? It's that's right. how you you get your you get your backup. Yeah, it's it's that's that's how the old school crew draws it up. And I, I agree with you completely. I think the plan, if if you could go back in time and use you know use truth serum, I think the plan was always that Ottinger would be ready just in time for Bishop's contract to expire. Yeah, and Hudo will be traded at some point during that stretch. Right, and so I think regardless of what the um, and so that's the kind of thing you're thinking, okay, well, yes, he performed last season, but you can kind of think from an organizational and a coaching standpoint that they're probably thinking, oh, well, he wasn't really supposed to be playing last year. Uh, we kind of want to get him back to that. Or this, it, ideally in our grand scheme of things, he was going to be still in the AHL probably like his final year this season, maybe graduated to a backup. So it's almost kind of like, to me, it's like they're kind of, trying to put him in that role they expected him to be on instead of, you know, hey, he was played last year, even though we weren't really uh, anticipating him to. Um, and let's kind of get him back to where he was instead of instead of just saying, hey, you know, he did well. Right? He was, statistically speaking, he did better than uh, Hudobin. But um try and give him the reins and there is that element of like you said he comes into training camp and you know he yeah, like takes I, the starting role by the horns and, and there I is think that universe if if he did with with as many with the way that this roster is kind of window and i hate the i hate the window term because good teams keep it open it's it's one of those but but like the way that this team is currently constructed i i do believe that if he is a superior like they're they're going to put the superior option in the crease they have to you just don't have this team with this composition with these expectations and look at that and make a decision where, yeah, well, you know, Ottinger's better, but we'd rather he gets, no, if he, this is a team that is in a position where they, you have to think unless it's just like mismanagement and, you know, idiocy, right. That they're going to play the better player. Yeah. And I think the, the, the silver lining in that aspect is because what we're always going to talk about what we're saying there's a whole mantra when it comes to the stars and it's like, Oh, the coaching staff has, um, traditionally like they're not giving the roles or really the opportunity to the younger players unless their hand is forced. And you see that with, you know, we were talking about like potentially Thomas Harley on the defense, like two podcasts ago, we've talked about that, you know, Robertson had to kind of, you know, due to injuries as the only chance he was able to come back up after a rough start to last season. And he ended up shouting second and colder. Shout out, by the way, to the third pairing extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, but it's like, uh, so in some way, it's like, okay, yeah, like that's something that historically that the, you know, the whole, like you were saying earlier, the stars mantra of, you know, hiring, going the veterans role. And at least the silver lining when it comes to the crease is that that is not 
been the case in that it's a coaching staff like the head coach. Rick Bonus is not going to be the one who is saying this is who's starting this or not. And traditionally, he has def- and the coaches before him have deferred to the goaltending coach. Mm-hmm. And then it's the goaltending coach who's saying, OK, this is who I think should get the start tonight. This is who I think should be playing. This is how they're doing well. Um, and so they that's kind of where my hope is at, is that they're going to um, if Ottinger is the better goalie, then it's not going to be a oh the veteran presence like this is what we kind of like. It's just going to be saying, you know, I mean, the goaltending coaches are just going to be like, hey. Andrew's the guy. He's the best. And Bona says, "Okay." I I think it's I think if it's close, you know, if if it's if it's a matter where one player is markedly superior in terms of performance, then I think you're completely right. They're they're gonna go that route. The the only instances I could see them not is if they're more or less on the same level, right? I could see them I could see them making a call that. Um, you know, you know, they're if if it opens within ten percent, you know, hey, he's only about five percent worse or whatever. You know, some some random stupid number to quantify something we have no ability to quantify, right? But if they feel like it's close, I could see them saying, yeah, but you know, he's the vet; he'll he'll get his game in gear, right? Blah blah blah. I could see that making a difference, but that's that's sort of a tie goes to the you know tie goes to the veteran situation. If if Ottinger's better, he'll play. I did have one um, scenario that I wanted to run by you. That 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 tell me how, you know, uh, again, on a scale of, uh, you know, trade, including Mike Smith in the Brad Richards deal to signing Sean Avery when you already have Steve Ott crazy trading. Right. <laughs> what if the stars want Hudobin to start and want him to get the starting role in the hopes that he goes on a bender coming out of the gate and basically an asset management situation. Like what if the stars are are sitting here thinking, okay, if we can get a good month or two out of Anton Hudobin, then all we can trade him and clear up this issue in the crease and hand it back to Ottinger. I would say that pretty uh, heavily leans on the crazy side of things. (laughs) Um, my, my, my rationale is that I'm thinking like if if Kudobin comes out, um, you know, outstanding, I don't really see a situation where you try and back out from that when you're talking about the stars trying to make that cup push. You know, I, I think if regardless of what that means for the crease, even if it's a Carter crease, I think if you have one goaltender at the very least who's doing great, doing outstanding, I, I think you just take that and run with it. And if that means, Hey, like maybe Ottinger could also be doing great in the um, NHL if we give him the shot, or maybe it means that, okay, we have to risk waving Braden Holpe or losing him or something like that. I don't know. But I think if you find a guy who's doing fantastic, whether that's Hudobin or Ottinger and we Holpe, but (laughs) I think you go with that person and you just kind of make the, you worry about the other stuff. You kind of yeah, say, okay, this just, is the guy we're going with. I just feel like if you're if if you're Jim Nell or or if you're Rick Bonus, do you really want to be the person that brings the Braden Holby era in Dallas to a close? Like that's that's tough. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, handing I, the captaincy to Brendan Moore levels of organizational stones. Yeah. I I could see <laughs> I could see a situation where if they went, let's say, an Ottinger-Hudobin tandem, yep. and Ottinger was 
kind of becoming the uh, de facto starter and was was doing great and was like, hey, we feel really confident with him, then I could see a situation where even if Hudobin was – even then, like even if Hudobin was also doing really well, I don't think the Stars would look at that as a situation of, oh, now we can trade Hudobin because Ottinger is doing so great. You know, I think they're – they definitely highly value having the two strong – uh, goaltenders, the 1A, 1B. I think especially with um, the Bishop injury for the uh, bubble run, I think they've recognized the value of, hey, we need a strong backup who can come in and you know do just as well or be able to take us the distance. And so I just have a hard time imagining a situation where the Stars begin the season without Hudobin on the roster. Yeah. Now, now, if he... Now, if training camp comes and he is, you know, he's still on the decline and, you know, Ottinger is, you know, on fire and it's kind of like, oh, wow, like, you know, it's really looking like the Ottinger show and he's just a starter, not even, we don't even have a 1B, then I can maybe see a situation before the season starts where they ship off Udobin, trying to sell him on a bounce back to whoever yeah. and then kind of going with that. But I don't see a mid-season uh, logjam, at least as far as... um. Hudobin is concerned. Yeah, I think you're right. If he if if Hudobin makes it to the start of the regular season on the Stars roster, and there's all indications he will, right? But if if he's there, then he's. I think you're right. And and this team, I mean, they came within two wins of a Stanley Cup based on having you know in that case three quality goaltenders. So I think that that look at the way the modern NHL is trending, right? You in, in almost every circumstance you need two guys that can play that position to have any expectation of success. And I think as well you're looking at there have been, you know, two now strangely truncated and influent seasons in a row. And now we're going back to something that is expected to be, you know, air quotes, normal hockey. So I think as well, there's, there's, I, it would not surprise me to see a jump in tandem usage, both because it's a general NHL trend that we're seeing also because it's a trend we've seen from the Dallas stars recently, but then finally, because the league is going to be adjusting to going back to a full 82 game schedule with, you know, quasi normal travel versus the baseballs. Like there's, there's just a lot of stuff that's sort of swirling around and making me think that, that, you know, what you saying makes a ton of sense. Like they're not, there's no way they're looking at this, as, you know, kind of the old school throwback. We're going to find one, guy that can play 70 games and then figure it out the rest of the time like that those days are those days are done um i did have one question though and i caveat i, I kind of alluded to this when i started talking about if, if hudobin's on the roster do you think that the stars do you think that the stars would make a move or or are trying to or have any interest in um clearing out hudobin before the start of the season i, I would think that they would have already made that move, I think. I think especially when you look at the stars historically under Jim Nill, they haven't been a late summer splash type team. Uh, they've definitely, they get their business done. Uh, maybe some, sometimes they get it all done, you know, first day of free agency. Sometimes it takes a couple of days, you know, Bradulov, Sagan, like whoever, but typically they kind of get their business done and then they just wait. And even when it comes to training camp, they really don't make any of those last-second tinkerings. I, I have a feeling that, you know, what moves we see as far as the Stars roster go, we're going to pretty much um, – it's going to be essentially, okay, sending people down or something. I don't expect any – especially now that uh, 
I mean, it was years. It's been years since Nil was, you know, when he came in as the GM, he was making blockbuster trades left and right, and he cooled down with that like a couple years ago. So I, I'm thinking this is probably not even just with the goaltending group, but I think even at the team as a whole, I think this is kind of the group until around maybe the midseason point to when you then start to see the um, okay teams are more making uh, trades and even lower roster moves or something like that. So I think you're right. It's to me, it's like the classic difference between, you know, it's moving Hudobin would be like a, and it's just because I've been playing FM for the last, <laughs> my brain is broken. It's, it's a video game trade, right? Like it's, it's a, if you're looking at a, a roster on a screen, then I think that you are probably, he's probably already gone or you're trying to, because you're just doing kind of cold calculus and well, it's probably going to be Ottinger and Holtby's there fine. So get rid of one of the guys. Right. But then, but I think that there is a very real world component of, well, there's a track record here. There's a comfort with the organization here. There is a benefit in the fact that the Dallas stars know Anton Hudobin, right. And what he brings, how he plays all like putting him behind with, especially with, with new pieces in the defensive group, with the forwards having coming back from the injury, like having consistency at that position, especially like, you know, there's the old adage. It's not the worst thing in the world to have a player that has remained, you know, vital and productive into his thirties, potentially mentoring a, um, you know, a, a younger, you know, a younger player just coming into the NHL like that. That's not a bad situation. Um, it does. It does a little bit. And I feel like we're doing a disservice. We haven't really talked about Braden Holtby yeah. yet. And we're, we're, you know, time check 20 ish, whatever minutes into a conversation with the Dallas crease. <laughs> I heard a guh. <laughs> Do you, <laughs> what's your, what, it, where does he fit into all of this? Uh. So uh, as far as the uh, from a star's perspective of what uh, management and the coaching staff was probably thinking when they made that signing is I think that was a, all right, Hudobin had a down year. Is that a COVID down year or is that a, you know, injury and it's kind of a weird shortened season down year or is that just a, you know, he is like what, 33, 34 and is on his decline. You know, Ottinger did great last season. He did pretty solid. Is that a sign of things to come? Is that a blip? Is there a concern of, you know, pulling a Carter Hart and suddenly going from, you know, near the top of the league to one of the bottom just in one one year time span. So I think to me, what the stars are thinking is they were thinking um, we we need a goalie who's just kind of there as, not even necessarily insurance, but, you know, it crowds the crease, but it gives them an option that way. If, uh, you know, Hudobin continues to decline or Andre takes a step back or whatnot, they do have another, you know, NHL option um, there on the roster that they can go with to kind of complete the tandem. Uh, where I disagree is the fact is that Holby actually is <laughs> a good option yeah. for the NHL. But I think that was their mindset of going is was saying, look, there's too many uncertainties. This is kind of our make it or break it year with this core and with some of these older veterans. Like we just have to, if it costs 2 million and, and uh, money and a crowd increase to get this kind of extra insurance, you know, I, I'm sure Nil was like, you know, that's fine. Like I, I'll make that move to kind of get that little safety net. And it, I agree. And I think, you know, for, for those listening, if, if you really want to, we, during the free agent podcast, we went into what, what I thought was some pretty, pretty good depth on the whole B signing. And I agree with you for, for those reasons, right? At his, at his price tag, 
you know, it's it's sort of like the Corey Perry deal. At his price tag, you can turf him. You can you can just walk away from him. If if Hudobin and, and Ottinger come out playing fantastic, right, then you can just forget. You just tell Holpe not to show up, right? You, you don't need him. If they don't, there is enough in his history to suggest that, hey, he's at least worth a chance, right? There, There is a somewhat plausible argument to be made that if you put him behind a superior defense, not just not just a decor, but a defensive structure that you could get a good performance out of Brayden Holby. That that is a that is an that that is a theory that has not been debunked yet. So I think it is a a reasonable gamble from the stars to say that if if Hudobin struggles and they need a backup, or if Hudobin's fine and they want Ottinger in the AHL playing every night then you'll probably be okay with this roster with Braden Holby. I think that's a fair bet. And if not, there's no consequence for the Dallas Stars. And, and even looking at, like, it's there's no term on the deal, so it's not going to screw up a potential extension with Klingberg. It's $2 million. And, yeah, you could you could add up all of the little deals they make and probably get an elite player. But I, at the same time, I don't, I don't think you needed that $2 million to necessarily address another need, looking at the way the market – I mean, they had enough money to, to throw – to back the Brinks truck up for Ryan Suter, right? So clearly – from a there's just no there's just no practical consequence to him being there and it gives them another body and i think you're right like you can you can have a conversation about whether he was the one they should have gone after the way that the market developed but dallas likes to do their business early dallas has learned that there is a value in having depth at that position there really isn't organizational depth right now beyond ottinger and then finally, like there are question marks about literally every player in the stars crease. And some of them are big questions and some of them are small, but it's not, this isn't a, a situation where you can just look and shrug and say, yeah, it's, it's this, it's going to be this guy and he's going to be fine. And let's just move on. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you hit the nail on the head. The fact that, you know, that 2 million for a 2 million one year deal, that's not going anywhere. Like if the stars weren't going to make that. Well, that wasn't going to be the difference of, oh, they're landing this better free agent instead of, you know, Luke Glending or something like that. Because, I mean, you think about it, it's just one year if you to get a bigger free agent like that, to get a bigger free agency or something like that, that's a multi-year deal. And then suddenly you're talking about eating into money for the future and whatnot. So I think, like, yeah, as far as the $2 million was concerned and the cap, you, know, you weren't really going to find – there wasn't some other glaring need where two million across one year was going to fix things. Uh, I do think also, turn, it doesn't turn Ryan Suter into Dougie Hamilton, right? And uh, yeah, so and so I think ultimately, uh, just because I can't get through this whole podcast without uh, making my stance pretty clear, yeah, I, I would say I agree with the logic of why the Stars decided to pick up a goaltender and why they decided to invest that money and a goaltender. I agree with all those reasons. Uh, For me personally, where I just disagree and I am very upset is just that because I don't think Holpe's that guy. And I wrote a whole, I will basically break down my, I wrote a whole article about this and stuff like that. You know, that it's not just the past two years. He's been on the decline for, you know, several years now, even back with the Washington years. Um, But so I think it's just kind of a case where it's just like at this point, you know, it is what it is. Um, We'll just see. And traditionally, I don't expect them to, you know, hey, like Ottinger and Hudobin are doing great. You know, we'll just put, we'll just wave, hope or get rid of them or whatnot. I'm personally, I think it's going to be a situation where 
if Ottinger isn't the one A, then the stars are going to say, okay, we want him to be the guy in the uh, AHL, unless he's playing the majority of our NHL games. But I mean, who knows? I mean, that could all be, it'll be kind of interesting to see what route they take. And especially if they get a situation where, okay, Ottinger starts in the AHL um, and then Holtby and Hudobin are playing in the NHL, then there's kind of interesting thing. Okay. If, one of them or both of them struggle, you know, how long is that leash? I mean, is it, if they, if you have Hudobin who's doing really well and Holtby's really struggling, do the stars say, Hey, we need to call Ponger because we need a stronger backup or do they still view? No, we'll just give Hudobin more playing time. And if Hudobin gets exhausted or hurt, then we'll call Ponger. I mean, they could, they call that. It'll be very interesting. (laughs) Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see, you know, once they decide which goalies uh, end up where, it'll be kind of very interesting to see how long the leash is for performance. And hopefully, ideally, you don't get that issue. Hopefully, you, you know, hey, these are the two NHL goalies, and then they kick butt, and once we're in the uh, line for the Jennings, like we were uh, a couple seasons back for two years in a row with Bishop and Udobin. I mean, that's what you kind of hope for, but it'll be interesting to see it play out for sure. Yeah, and it will be, and and. To your point, right? I, I do. I, we can. I don't. I don't disagree. I, I think I'm probably a little bit more optimistic. Optimistic is the wrong word because, again, I don't disagree with you. I think I am a little bit more willing to grant that there is a a positive scenario with the Holtby signing. I don't necessarily think it's a terrible idea, but I, I don't dispute any of the points you raised. There is a there is a definite recognizable performance curve here and it is not limited to the time he spent getting shelled in Vancouver. If, if it was just Vancouver, then I think I would be much more comfortable with the deal because I don't think anybody would look good behind that Canucks team, the way that they're structured. But, you know, he wasn't great in Washington. Washington wasn't exactly a paragon of defense. Anyways, we're not going to relitigate the Holtby signing. It was, you know, the theory behind it is sound. The player they chose is disputable. The only way we're going to get any clarity is by seeing it play out on the ice and, and got about a month left for that. Uh, and then, of course, the final name talking about on the ice might be like, so So Bishop's not coming back, right? No, no. I mean, I... I would be shocked, to be honest. I mean, it, it could happen, but this seems to me like a classic case of the person is going to be on LTIR, not retired, and it's he can come back. You know, it's not, you know, it's kind of avoiding that sort of a gray line of, oh, he's not actually retired because he's going to come back. You know, he's just working through it and whatnot. But I think he's probably... He's done, I would expect him to be done for this season. I expect him to be done for the next season. And then once uh, the end of the Stars, I guess that would be like, what, the 22-23 season, I think it, there's going to be a, you know, hey, I'm retiring from hockey. I mean, that's I mean, just my take on it. I, I don't I don't think you're right. I think, I think your take has to be the right one. I mean, without – with with him just pulling up the the wonderful resource of cap friendly i mean with bishop's hit on the roster they'd have to find i think four ish somewhere between like three and four million dollars to trend to trim from a cap perspective so like on a literal level bishop kind of has to be gone for this whole thing to work out or they're in a position and granted i i guess you know i i think if if he if he swaggers into the first day of camp and says hey look i'm all healed and and ends up you know 
being vintage bishop injury free, then that's that's a problem. I think you're probably delighted to solve for yourself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> but but there are there are the stars made moves this summer that you make not just being like you don't you don't get Braden Holtby if you're concerned about bishop status, right? You get Braden Holtby if you're certain about Ben Bishop's status for at least the coming season. Yeah, you don't even like, I mean, there's a whole thing also of Bishop, you know, approaching the stars about exposing himself in the expansion draft to protect Tudobin. And, you know, I think for even forgetting about the fact that he already had injury concerns and had trouble staying healthy before, I think at this point between, you know, he wasn't, we expected him to come back during the bubble run. He did and was there for like two periods. And then we expected, okay, he'll be back for the next season. It's like, oh, he's going to come back towards the end of the season. And then Sagan came back, but Bishop didn't. And now it's like, we don't expect him to be ready for the start of the season. Like, I, I think you just, there's no benefit of the doubt there. You know, yeah. you just like, if you you can't make any assumptions that he's going to be back. If he is, if he comes back, it's like, holy crap, we have Ben Bishop back. And like you said, that's something you're, that's a good problem to have. But, you know, it's kind of like, I'll believe it when I see it, because there's no reason to believe it otherwise. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I think you're right. And, and, you know, there will be retrospectives. I think we will once it's, I think he's going to be one of those players and, and we'll talk about this in, in greater depth later. I think he's going to be one of those guys that once we get a little bit of distance from the Ben Bishop era, that we're going to look back and, and his stretch with the stars really was phenomenal. And it wasn't as long as Dallas wanted, and it certainly didn't end the way that Dallas wanted. But it, he brought a level of performance to the crease, and, and you know, for an organization that has has you know been spoiled with goaltending options for for long stretches, right? He very much belongs in the conversation with the Turcos and the Belfours and the you know before he wore out Lettinans of the world. Like he he fits he fits the narrative of the Dallas Stars goaltending situation generally. He played he was great. And it's it's a real shame that they're not gonna get, you know, one more sterling season out of the guy. That that really it's gonna be a it's gonna be a what if, but but it shouldn't distract from the fact that he isn't just a what if. He accomplished a lot while he was wearing victory green. Yeah, I mean, there's a Ben Bishop era, and it's a case where you're saying, if you're looking back at Ben Bishop's career, like you're like, oh yeah, he played, he was Tampa Bay for a long time, and then he was Dallas. No one will remember the uh, the brief stint in Los Angeles, but there's a very clear like, oh yeah, Ben uh, Dallas Stars goaltending, Ben Bishop, those two will go together, and pe- people will remember that. That's gonna stick, um, even if it was like you said, much shorter than we all wanted. He definitely made that good of an impact. Um, second place, Vezina finish. Uh, should have won it. Should, should have won, won it. it. Two, two years where we were runner-ups for the Jennings. There's a, yeah, it's it was a short time, but it was definitely an impactful and memorable time. And and you know the the Hudobin Bishop crease. It's it's it was a fun time. It was a good time. Good times. Good times. Good times. Well, that's, I think, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those, it, it will be interesting to see how it plays out. I think it will likely play out with much less drama than we expect, right? We'll most likely see, um, you know, Jake Ottinger starting night one for the Texas Stars, Anton Hudobin starting night one for the Dallas Stars, and Braden Holtby sitting on the bench behind. Like, that seems to be the, the most likely outcome, but there, there could still be curveballs. That's why they, that's why they play the games, as people say. I, I do think we've agreed that, 
you know, Ottinger in the NHL is in play. I don't think the stars would stop. It'll be, it'll be may the best man win, but we're, we're just going to see what the crease looks like. And, and hopefully it will, you know, we won't see any negative regression and, and we'll continue to have strong performance from our, our beloved boys in victory green. And then we'll just have to, um, you know, see see what happens but thank you for for the chat i think we're going to get to line combinations next time maybe the power play i don't know uh, we may just do another 45 minutes on the sixth defenseman just because i feel like there's some untapped um untapped uh, this, this time will be the fifth defenseman <laughs> or, the, or the seventh or the seventh <laughs> we'll just work our way up <laughs> until oh god we're gonna do it aren't we it's really gonna happen <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right can't start soon enough. <laughs> we, we, we really need some hockey. Uh, I got to get out of here. Thank you for your time. Kate, KT, always working your magic. And um, we will we'll talk soon.